Hooray! And welcome to Crossplay Podcast episode 122. My name is Sam Allen. Oh, you changed the number. Shit. 121. 120-something. I should know this is my show, and I've been on all 121 episodes. Uh, my name is Taylor Allen, and I am joined this week by the grounded gamer himself, Mr. Corey Braden. Corey, hello. Welcome. How's in. it going? Uh, well, we were supposed to record this last night, and OBS um, almost lit my computer on fire. So, it's going all right. I was going to say, that's usually how it works when it's like first yeah. time everything's you want to know what fixed it i have no sure. idea no clue oh i just, just restarted the computer and, and it just no, I, magically I, worked i didn't even restart my computer i just like reopened the application today i was like let's try go hit record everything's totally fine i i've seen that happen way too many times it's it's I, it such a weird doesn't make sense to me i closed reopened i reinstalled the app last night it was like Maybe it's faulty. Maybe there's corrupt data or something. I don't know. Let's reinstall it. Fresh install of OBS. Check all my drivers. Restart the computer. Everything. Nothing was working. This morning, I get up and I'm like, all right, we'll try it. We'll do a quick test recording. Perfectly fine. Who knows? I Yeah. I, I, I've had that happen so many times where it's just like, oh, cool. It's actually working today. It's one of my things of, uh, you know whenever with all the movement and everyone being like you should become a like true pc gamer and just play only on pc and all that stuff and then you know you have stuff like that happen and then i'm just like you know what i like sometimes just having the simplicity of just turning on a console and picking a game installing it and then playing it like i will say the gaming aspect of pc gaming is probably the simplest part it's all oh, exactly shit that can go wrong with your computer that oh like it's like i also had my own problem like because i recently uh my buddy that i played Tar escape from tarkov with um he ended up sending me his old computer because i needed a new graphics card i was running a you know yeah old old graphic card and now i'm moving into a 10 series graphic card oh, so <laughs> four thousand series is coming out next year i know um but so it was still a huge upgrade for me. But the funny thing was, is I'm like, well, I'm going to build the wife a computer with the spare parts, right? Oh, there we go. Yeah. So we go to build this whole computer, get it all together. And then I put my, I'm like, I'm going to move into the other case because it's bigger and stuff like that. And it's nicer, but it's a pre-build. So I put everything in and then I'm like, oh, well, it doesn't recognize my CPU. Okay, well, put back in the old CPU, fucking download all the drivers, update the entire thing, put my new CPU back in it again started up it's like freezing every time and it's like well a rammer cpu has changed and it's trying to fix it and it couldn't fix it yeah and we're like we, we must have done everything pulled out ram sticks swapped the slots did everything to try to fix this computer to make it run and we're like we have no idea and i'm like you know what just for the heck of it let's put the old cpu back in it and see what happens it was the newer cpu was freezing the computer because it just wouldn't work with that motherboard and yeah, it's like needed like a bios update. Uh, or something. no the bios update was fully updated oh. it reckoned it recognized the cpu recognized running it did everything like it, it, it everything wild. proved that the cpu was working but it just wouldn't it, it couldn't just, update windows yeah. to recognize the cpu was there that's crazy so were yeah, it was just a get it to work, or do you just have? I just threw everything back into the other case, and I had to do a full swap. 
slide to move hard drives, friggin' yeah. RAM, CPU coolers, like hard, everything had to move on yeah, to exactly. back to my computer with everything and then moved everything to the wife. And I'm like, I hope you're happy. She's like, why is that? And I'm like, well, originally I was going to have three SSDs in my computer and actually have it so I could do stuff. Now I just have a regular HDD in it, my original SDD, and that's it. You get all the other hard drives and you have the SSDs yeah. on your computer. You can thank me later. Wonder yeah. who else is very lucky. We are because we get to play the Cult of the Lamb, which we will be talking a lot about today, uh, along with uh, the THQ Nordic Showcase, Beyond Good and Evil Two, finally getting a new lead writer, uh, Elden Ring possibly coming to Game Pass, and a interesting new test from Stadia and so much more because this is the Dual Screens Crossplay Podcast, where each and every week. We talk about all the news and stuff because we can. Uh, Crossplay podcast posts every week on your listening device of pleasure, including our home pod bean. Uh, you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash dual screens TV. That's D U E L. Uh, finally, you want to you know show us that you love us and support us even more you can head over to patreon.com slash dual screens just like our patreon producers colton the apprentice nestler and fnh paul these shows could not exist without you guys so we love and appreciate you very very much we're gonna jump right in to our adventures in gaming because there is a big new release this week i'm gonna tell you guys right now cult of the lamb is gonna be all over this show, it's going to be all over Indies Nuts. It's going to be, I'm sure Andy will find out a way to bring it up in the uh, Crossplay Pod or the uh, Dual Screens podcast. Like, Cult of the Lamb is so good. We've got it's so good. an opinion piece up on the site right now. Andy's finishing up his review as well. We've also got gameplay. Uh, we've got a Tons couple trailers gameplay. as well on yeah. the gameplay on the show. Uh, Andy, I think it was Andy, went through every single boss and beat it without taking damage. So if you want to see some crazy stuff where if you're having trouble with those bosses, um, definitely check that out. You can see some strategies that Andy did for sure in that video. So Yeah, lots of, lots of content around this game. This game is so perfect. It's like the best melding of two genres that don't make sense until you put them together that I have ever seen. Animal Crossing meets like dead cells in just the best way possible. Corey, tell me about your experience with Cult of the Lamb so far. Like so far, the the crazy thing is is um like it's funny. Um when I even talk to my friends about this game and I describe the game and stuff like that. It's funny how uh, a lot of people with this game seem to sit on the, it's, it's one of those things where it tickles those people that really want to play a new roguelike because whether or not, I know there's lots of different roguelikes that come out all this, all the time, but in all honesty, we don't see enough quality roguelikes that come out time after time. And it's one of the bigger things that I've noticed. And so my buddy's like, this looks good. It's great. Blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, wait, the roguelike parts only this long. He's like, I don't know if I want to like jump into this. But then he saw like some parts of the building aspect of it. And he's like, OK, this it tickles his fancy enough to try it. And for me, 
Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this. I'm like, I don't know if how much time I'm going to spend building my town. I really don't care about that kind of stuff. Usually I'm like a guy that just likes to play the roguelike. And like, I do like the idea of that certain aspect. Like, I love Dark Cloud, that little bit of, OK, let's build a town, call mm -hmm. it a day. Right. But then all of a sudden I started playing this game. And I kid you not, before we started recording today, I just like I'm halfway through the game at this point. I've just beat the second set of the second main boss. Um, and I have spent like in game, like almost six to seven days. And I mean, left to go into the dungeon because I'm just constantly sitting there upgrading my town. Mm -hmm. Like there is so many things to do that I've kind of got lost in all the different things. I'm like, oh, okay, well I can go fishing and I go fish and then I, I go, oh, well, my people are hungry. Well, I better go make some food. And then. Did, and the fucking depend, dice mini game oh and, the dice mini like, game and yeah. the, the other crazy part is that there's so many things that like even the the idea of like i thought it was a a joke to call it cult of lamb i just thought it was going to be a game where it's like build a town simulator and your guys just automatically do things and it's just an auto like you know how you those games where you have auto minions right and they just go and do stuff no this is completely different the idea that every time we get that choice to pick a new, I guess I'll call it a commandment, but basically we get to pick a new commandment for our, our, our cult to believe in mm. the idea that it's like, okay, choose like, um, the, the re like, Oh, well, our, your cult, like uh, what was one of the choices I has is either a, my guys are fine with being cannibals and eating follower meat followers that have died or whatever. And I've harvested their meat and turned them into food and they'll be fine with that. Or B, they're going to be fine eating grass. Yeah. And so you get those choices to choose the way you want to play your cult. And so it's really crazy how those small choices. And then, like I say, when you have that, then every time you make a food, um, you know, depending on each food, like one might make them poop right away. One might make them uh, almost instantly die. One might make it so that they, uh, you know, just really dislike you like there's so many different things you can and it's every choice like my experience of how my cult's going to turn out is gonna be different from your experience and how the cult turned out and then like i see this more replayability not in the sense of the actual roguelike part of the game i see this being more a replayability on the town building aspect yeah, and game, how you build which your is cult and yeah which is so different because usually when you play a roguelike you're like, I'm playing this because, oh, I beat the game with a sword and shield. Well, I want to try to beat it with doing this or like you, you're trying to beat it a different way. Yeah. This one, you're like, I'm going to beat it the same way. It's just I'm going to choose how my town upgrades differently. Yeah, the the gameplay is really solid still, though. Like, the, oh, 100%. the combat and stuff is super fluid. It feels really, really good. Um, I was really impressed by that. I, I honestly came into this thinking... And this is primarily going to be like a a town sim and it's got this light little like roguelike thing on top of it, you know? Um, and I've been really impressed. Like there's a lot of depth in like the number of weapons and the types of weapons, um, the like curse abilities that you can get and stuff. Um, I, I really like the diversity that you get um, in each run and the, the combat is super, super satisfying. Um, I, ha I haven't been able to play as much of the game as I would have liked, uh, but I've put in, um, I, I 
am like halfway through the second area. Um, mm, mm, mm. And it it's just so good. Like it it plays so good and it scratches all the right itches. Like I'm Well and it's it's easy to learn. And that's the big thing I like about this game. And it's something that I will recommend to people because I watched one review on it too. Um and they did recommend that if you're really good at games that put it to hard right away. Mm-hmm. Because doing this game on medium, it is like I have yet to die. Yeah. I've just put myself on medium. Um, but that's the the thing I like about it though is because it has those difficulty variations. Um, someone that maybe is more looking at this for a town building game and likes the sim aspect of that, but doesn't really care too much for the roguelike, turn it to medium or easy. There you go. Like just walk through the battle system, build your build your cult the way you want it to. If you're a person that wants to challenge yourself on the roguelike aspect of it, and not really worry too much about the town, turn it up to hard, play it that way. Like there's it just this game is gonna tickle everyone's fancy a little different and that's what i love about it is it's a game that doesn't have like that that's one problem especially with most roguelikes that i find is it's either you play it and you like it right off the bat or you're just like no i can't do it yeah like there's like like hollow knight love the game i just it's a good game i understand why it's good but for me personally i'm just like i can't i can't I'm for me, there's not enough stuff outside of the main Metrovania, like massive, super hard Dark Souls you kind of play mm-hmm. to make me want to continue playing it. Whereas, like, certain games like Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight, or not Shovel Knight, um, Rogue, well, Rogue, Rogue Legacy, you know, one of the very first kind of major roguelikes, um, you know, that was that was just a funny. I still never beat it, played it for a ridiculous amount of hours, but it was just because it was funny to see all the different combinations of characters you could get. So, like, every roguelike usually has something that pulls you in, and I find with this game having all the different things in it, it has so many different aspects of the game to keep people interested that this is going to probably... It's going to be like the Elden Ring of roguelikes for right now, where everyone's going to try it out and find enjoyment in some way, shape, or form with this game, and I have a feeling that this is going to be... One of the best-selling roguelikes of this year, if not, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past being up in a lot of people's game of the year for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. There's just a lot of mass appeal, of uh, you know, from the like Animal Crossing type community, the like hardcore roguelike people, and everything in between. Like, it's a it's a good ass game that a lot of people. Hundred uh, percent. I have also. Stepping away from Cult of the Lamb for a little bit. I've been dabbling in Elder Scrolls Online. I don't know if it's how, a mistake. How, well, no, but how is that? So, so, like, I remember when it first came out, it was an absolute gong show. Yeah. But most Bethesda MMOs that they've come out with, like Fallout 76, were a gong show. But the difference is, is I found that Elder Scrolls really kind of understood where its fan base wanted to be and then really fixed it towards that. Um, and I've continued to have it installed on my console. Like it is installed on my console as we currently speak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because there's always those little, should I go back to it? Yeah. Like, do I need to? I still don't fully understand the game. I'm being totally honest. I go to the little arrow that it tells me to go to. I kill the things. I find the item. I come back with the item. I get the experience point. I level up. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm still not a hundred percent sure what's going on or how to like get around to different places or anything yeah. like that. Um, but it's fun. Like it, it, you know, it's been a, a good, like kind of mindless, you know, turn on like a, a YouTube video or a podcast or something. Um, and just like kind of zone out while I like do quests and stuff. And I love yeah. that world. Like the, the Morrowind content is all free. Um, so you can like go back to Morrowind and, um, you know, explore that area in like a little bit more modern setting. Um, yeah. And that's all like included with the, the base game and everything. Um, that's fun. I don't know. I don't, I'm still so early on. I can't tell you if it's actually good. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's I've played like, I think sure. I got about 20, about 20 hours in the 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 game side of it and like i said that's where um you have to go the one thing i i, I tell a lot of people is elder scrolls online you have to go in not wanting it to be a skyrim but multiplayer yeah. but wanting it to be a game that's in that world and good for it so like yeah you really have to go in understanding that it's an mmo that's yes, just in totally. the universe of elder scrolls and right? i think since the like amount of time I put into um, New World, it yeah. has kind of like shifted my um, my thought process around that a little bit. Uh, yeah, and that's that's and a I, big I thing for a lot a of people. Better. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big thing for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people like when New World came out, especially it was once again like the Elden role of the Elden Ring of uh, MMOs where everybody jumped in. And then all these people, like my brother was a huge example of that, where he had never played an MMO. Yeah. And so he's playing and he's like, I don't understand any of this. Like, why do I have to join with people? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do this? Why do I? And I'm like, that's just the MMO basis of games. It's what you got to do. Like, just do it. And like, man, MMOs now, though, um, like just in general, like we're, we're starting to see a big reviving of mmos where like the communities are getting really big like final fantasy continues to release content i continue to want to have the urge to go back into it uh but due to the fact that because i had a full version account i can't play the trial so i would have to pay the 15 dollars a month to continue playing it or completely make a whole new character a whole new square enix account and then connect that and probably play through steam it's yeah. my other option play for free um but it's crazy to me that you watch a lot of these games and it is nice to see that there are games where they're getting constant upgrades and stuff like that. It definitely seems like well. there's a ton of content. Like I have not even come close to scratching this, but Oh yeah. Huge amount. Huge um, amount. One other thing that I played that I forgot to put on the list um, that just came out this last week is uh, called hard West two. Yes, um, I've, yes, I've, I've, I've heard. I played the first one. It was on uh, originally on Switch, and it actually was like very, very. Uh, you could tell it was very indie when it first came out. Yeah, so uh, this game just released like a week, week and a half ago, something like that. Um, it's a turn-based strategy, think XCOM style game. Uh, they have a really cool system where if um, you kill an enemy you gain all of your action points back and so if you can like get on a roll and like kill a couple of the like low health enemies or something you can just yeah. like keep going and keep going um and it's 
it, it's a really really cool system the characters are all really interesting so far um haven't put a ton of time into it because i've been mostly focusing on cult of the lamb but uh it's it's good uh, initial impressions fun game uh cory you have one other game on your list i have one other game and you know this game to me i thought i would never enjoy right out of the gate i thought it looked really cool but i'm like like just to put it out there i'm probably the the guy that likes wrestling the least next to andy um on this podcast group and core um everybody i know that's all my friends in the states love wrestling don't understand the appeal but i've been playing rumbleverse and for being a battle royale wrestling game this is amazing I've never been so addicted to a battle royale in my life. Really? This has taken over my, like, literally, I was sitting there last night when there was queues because the servers were having such issues that I was in a queue of, like, 80,000 waiting to get in. And I'm like, I'm going to wait because I wanted to play more Rumbleverse. The idea that this game scratches that issue of battle royale, it has such a simplistic system to learn, but such a... uh, Simplistic system for people that anybody can jump in and probably do okay. Mm-hmm. And the idea that it has that aspect of being a really, really high tech based system to where to master this, it's like ridiculously. There's a lot of stuff I have to learn. Like I have videos, I, I captured some video the other week of me having a literal, it was a seven minute final battle between me and this other guy for seven oh straight gosh. minutes and a final circle that was two cars in a size of us just going at it back and forth just to kind of like because he was on a roof i wasn't and it would be like i knew he would try to jump down off the roof so i would stay underneath and then i would wait for him to jump down and i would take him out and then like we both had the ability to meditate so if we stand still we could heal so it was more or less like okay if i if i don't aggress at him for a couple seconds he'll go into that heal mode then i'll try to get up on top of the roof but if i get out of the ring it's going to count me out by 10 seconds like it's not like a you lose health when you're under the ring, you get a 10 second timer. And the way it works in this game is every ring continues to keep that 10 second timer. So if we're in the final ring and I get he does like a say he does a giant throw or like a, a, a giant swing or he does like um, like a, he clotheslines me and throws me out of the ring or he tackles me in some way. I fly out of the ring and I get counted down to five seconds. If he knocks me back out again, I start at five. I do not start at 10. I start back at five. So the whole thing is I'm sitting there with like five seconds left. And I'm like, okay, well, if I bounce off this and get back, I'm going to take three seconds to get back. So that's something I have to take into consideration when I get back. And it was like down to the point where how I ended up getting him out was he jumped down trying to take me out. I tackled him off the roof. He ended up falling out, being counted down to five. I elbow dropped him, which knocked him back again. And then I ran into the circle. And he only had two seconds to get back and he had to come in directly into the circle. And I ended up doing a, a giant like a cyclone arm attack that basically hit him and killed him as he was entering the circle or he would have been counted out if he got yeah. knocked back out. But it's just like and if you had your special and you die, then you regenerate your health and get another second life. Or you can use your special to do these crazy uh, basically power drive moves where the higher you fall in this game the more damage you take or the more damage you do. So it's a really cat and mouse game where like I have a video too of where I was standing on this giant like 20 story building and I watched this guy no bigger than a pea 
walk across like on my monitor just this little tiny thing and i'm like okay there's a box right in front of him i'm gonna go and i jumped off the roof and did a flying elbow and i fell all down this thing and big giant bottle of fire is just trailing my guy and i hit him all the way from the roof and do like three quarters of his health gone in one in one move and then like finished him off and it's like there's just so many crazy aspects of this game where um there's all these like twists and turns of like when you want it like when you want to engage with someone when you when you don't and there's like other things like uh they have boost potions in this game so instead of like the fortnite way where you have shield potions as your life or an apex where you have grades of armor to pick up yeah all you pick up is you can pick up special moves and you can pick up items to carry in your pockets which you have four pocket slots hmm. and then you have um and each special move there's all these different types there's grapple moves and then there's uh physical damage moves and then there's like spear type moves but they all have three different levels so every move has three different levels which then changes the priority of where it fits with attacking and then so the way it works is you can pick up these boost potions. Every character has 10 slots. And the way it works is that throughout those 10 slots, every time you drink a potion, you get a 10% increase to that stat. So you have attack, health, or stamina. So, but you only get 10 potions. So you could sit there if you were, were a real diehard character and be like, you know what? I'm going to be a glass cannon. I'm going to drink try to find 10 attack potions and I'm going to have a hundred percent increase on my, on my damage. Yeah. And just be like, just, but so weak and you can only do so many moves because your stamina bar is so weak. Or you can be like, I want to be a tank. I'm going to buy, I'm going to get 10 full health potions and just survive anyone special because I have like 2000 health, which is going to take three or four specials just to kill me. So, there's a lot of customization where it fits whatever playstyle you have. And then depending on what specials you're finding, you might change the way that you build your character in the sense of like potions and stuff. And then, like I say, you have your four items, which is basic of like they change the way. So like, for example, like with food items, you can eat the food item to heal. But if you eat the item to heal when you're full health, it gives you a stamina, a health regen. And same with thing with stamina potions. Stamina potions aren't instant stamina they're a little bit of instant stamina and then here's 60 seconds of stamina regen so like you might be planning out to ta tackle a guy and you'll be like okay 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 drink the stamina potion dr dr eat a piece of meat okay now i got both regen go at him and then it's like and then you're battling with him for so long as you do more damage you gain a special bar and then a special also can you can go into special mode and do more damage and heal as you're doing it so You've got to take into consideration that when you're fighting someone, if he does a bunch of damage to you, he could go special before you because you're engaging him. So like it brings this really weird concept to a battle rail where it's very simplistic. But like some of the moves I've seen people do where like I watched one guy do an uppercut against a guy into a building and he, he basically latched onto the wall because he, he got hit so hard he flew and hit the wall. Then he run his partner runs and jumps and then because he bounces off the wall as after he hit he runs and jumps and does a flying choke slam hits the guy midair with the choke slam and goes down six stories and just murders him and i'm like that has got to be some of the coolest things i've seen 
where or like someone's trying to run away and he jumps and grabs him in the air and suplexes him and it's just like that's wrestling and that's what i that's 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 amazing and it's so much fun it's like it's like uh ready to rumble boxing that came out where it was that arcadey boxing style but just yeah. wrestling games it so seems, much fun. it seems really cool i haven't checked it out yet but i well, maybe we'll have to have a yeah a game night here on the on the part of the patreon group we'll do a game night get a bunch of people in and we'll play together and is it do free that to play so, or yes it is okay. yeah but uh if you're on pc it has to go through uh epic um because it's made by epic um and if you're on console it's free on everything and then there is cross play um but you do have to make an epic account so that if you want to play with your friends you have to connect through epic to do that all right there you go. it is time to get into the release roundup uh coming out this last week two point campus came out on everything august 9th loss in play switching pc august 10th Cult of the Lamb came out on everything August 11th, as well as Rumbleverse August 11th. Uh, Marvel's Spider-Man came out on PC August 12th. Multi versus officially released, uh, or officially releasing PS5, Xbox Series, PS4 on August 15th. Blossom Tales 2, The Minotaur Prince 16th. And finally, Roller Dome coming out on PlayStation consoles in August 16th. And as for those who want to know, if you want to know what Rumbleverse is also like, uh, check out our last episode where I go in depth talking about being super shaky and wrecking all the noobs online. It's time for the dual screens report. We've got a decent amount of news this week after a like kind of slow news week last week. Um, yeah, last week we were really pulling at threads to try to find things. Yeah. Whereas this week, we this week was like trying to pick what we can actually want to talk about between yeah. all the news. There's which is nice. Yeah, there's at least a couple of uh, a couple of decent things here. First, quick summary of the THQ Nordic Digital Showcase. Um, a new Alone in the Dark got announced. Um, Tempest Rising looks like this cool um, like rpg rts kind of a thing uh looks really cool yeah it seems cool uh recreation or recreation recreation it's a uh, like stunt driving um well this is the same this because this is this is based off of wreckfest right so for those who don't know wreckfest was the guys that made like a basically like a demolition derby well racing game that was like kind of that that weird cross of like uh, NASCAR racing and uh, dirt racing with the idea of being able to wreck your opponents while doing it. And it looks like what they've done now is changed it to more of a build whatever tracks you want, do whatever you want, yeah. uh, open world aspect to it, which is kind of cool. And very then arcade. it's very arcadey. And like the, the, the best way I, I like about it is that, like they say here, it's X developers of burnout and need for speed. So this look, this very much has some burnout vibes to it and i'm i'm loving every bit of this game uh they announced space for sale uh which if you've ever dreamed of being like a real estate um scum in space uh you can do that you get your like real estate people aliens drunk and get them to buy houses and stuff on and it's it looks kind of charming uh destroy all two 
Frail Humans 2 Reprobed got a gameplay trailer. Um, Gothic is being remade. Um, HQ on remaking those games. Uh, yeah. Jagged Alliance 3. I wasn't familiar with Jagged Alliance, so. I have no idea what this even is. So uh, this is a top-down strategy game. That's yeah. cool. But Outcast 2, uh, we got a story and gameplay trailer. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. Um, the first Outcast game is a little janky, but had like some good stuff going for it. Um, I'm I'm really excited about this. It's like a very fun mix of like RPG, like third-person action RPG, and um, like survival in. A, a really cool way so i'm I'm excited about that uh knights of honor 2 got a gameplay trailer uh spongebob squarepants the cosmic shake got a gameplay trailer for bob heads um and then the other night game valiant got gameplay revealed as well uh and finally way of the hunter um got its release date which was yeah. interesting enough too yeah, this game which looks really good. Way too I, I, detailed for me. Yeah, yeah, I watched. So just for people that want to know, um, I watched a review on this already. It's already got reviews out um, with some people. Um, basically, if you like hunting and you want the most intense simulation version of it, like I played a lot of Call Hunt of the Wild just because my brother's into hunting and he's like, let's play a hunting game together. And I'm like, sure. Um, this game takes that and notches it up to like 11 so the realistic value of this game is insane where you might spend 20 minutes trying to hunt down one animal to shoot it but it it's also got a little bit of those aspects of being an actual like arcadey game that gives you aspects so you, it's not a full realistic thing so it looks really good and uh the other thing that they didn't list here uh, by the article we looked at was uh thq also announced they're doing a south park game yeah um I don't know. I think they just announced it. It was just like at the back end, so yeah, I don't think they it, talked about it much. Get, like any gameplay or anything like that. Yeah, it's just uh, here. It's here. Uh, interesting that that is South Park is leaving the grips of Ubisoft. That was a shocking part, considering like you know Ubisoft is like what the third or fourth, uh, one of the biggest games, big game companies out yeah, there right far, now. As far as like third party. Uh, developers, I would say they're probably third behind EA and uh, Activision. Um, yeah. So, like they're they're huge. Yeah, and for them to be that big, and then like, uh, oh, I know, yeah, for that them to be that big, and then like not have like to just leave and then go to do with THQ makes me really wonder what kind of game. And that's what the difference is too. What kind of game it is because yeah. with Ubisoft it was an RPG, whereas. Moving with THQ, THQ has a lot of tactics developers with that, that a lot of developers that are, you know, they make a lot of tactics games or strategy based games. And they also make a lot of third person, more of the RPG aspect, like third person game. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get more of a tactics version of uh, South Park, which would be kind of an cool. interesting take on it. I think it'd be an interesting way to do it. The idea that the stick of truth and all that, we, we've really seen that the RPG aspect of South Park really makes sense and works. So having a tactics version of it would make would make all the sense. Yeah, sure. and obviously like Trey and Matt are still going to be like very heavily involved. From oh yeah, all of the reports around the stick of truth and the fractured but all. Um, 
they were like very heavily involved in like writing and yeah. um what the game actually looked like so um i i, I would i wouldn't be with the way south park's been going too as well with now their whole new thing with paramount and stuff like that where they're uh making straight to stream uh movies or like mini movies basically i wouldn't doubt it in my mind if we start we maybe see that they do a kind of cross between here's an episode of south park and like leading into the story kind of like what they did with the stick of truth where yeah. it was kind of like taking basis off a couple episodes so it's gonna be really cool to see it for sure speaking of ubisoft great news <laughs> beyond good and evil 2 finally has a lead writer the highly anticipated game announced back in what 2016 oh it's it's longer than that um i think if i'm correct i remember reading a thing about this where uh they announced that they were working on it in like 2000 as soon as it came out the like it's been like since the PS3. It's almost Offici been since like it was officially announced at E3 in 2017. Yeah, so. and they knew they they there was rumors of them working on it since like 2015, yeah. if not earlier than that. Um, so they have craziness. a new lead writer in the year of our Lord 2022. It has been five years since they've announced that game, and they have a lead writer. The and then thing and then I'm most on concerned about here is typically you hire up writing staff in the First. beginning. Yes. Yeah. Then after it, uh, it's like, you know, development code, like getting everything like, you know, pieced together so that it actually works like. Uh, yeah. Well, it seems really weird that this is not the first time we've seen this happen either lately. Um, it seems like with the way that gaming's got lately um like remember we saw that trailer for that rare game uh that rare was making where they showed this huge like it had it had people talking in it it had like you know action combat in it like it was a cinematic trailer that was like okay this game must be like pretty far along and then you find out that they don't have a story written for it yet they don't have any of this other stuff done and it seems like with the way that motion capture and stuff can be done nowadays and CG and things like that, where really all it is nowadays is, I mean, obviously there's more to the game, but it's a lot more of, hey, okay, we're going to mocap this guy. Then we're just going to program the mocap body to do this. And we're going to make a couple scenes that look really cool and then announce that as a trailer. And nowadays, like we're seeing that writers are coming in later into games instead of coming in right away which is really weird concept to see. And the idea that I think it was just today, actually, um, beyond good and evil, because they were asked at that point, okay, well, you've got your new lead writer. How long is the game out? And they still say they're, they're, they're a couple, oh, yeah. if not more years away. Like they're still two to three years out on this game. Oh, um, if, they're, if they're hiring up on a, on a lead writer, it wouldn't surprise me if they were another five years out. Oh yeah. It's, it's, this is going to be another, duke nukem forever game yeah and the, the thing that like really frustrates me about ubisoft right now too is they have no leadership right like yeah it, it was this this like literal exact same thing happened with skull and bones where yeah they announced the game they have no idea what it's actually going to be 
they end up completely overhauling what it's actually going to be and changing the game completely, like, leading up to its launch. It just... Well, it's... The, it, it, this is... So well, it, well, it's the same thing as uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, right? Immortals Phoenix Rising was really supposed to be Assassin's Creed game. And the idea it went from being an Assassin's Creed game to being what it was. I mean, I love what it became. Like, let's not argue that is an amazing game. But the idea that it changed so much. And yeah, Skull and Boins was originally released as a battleship fighter that was going to run off the Black Flag engine. Yeah. And now it's entirely on land with the exception of like a handful of sea battles. Like, it just. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's they, weird. They just don't seem to have any vision over there right now. Like they are. No, it's it's all over reactive, the place. which. Yeah, uh, well, and I think that's the big thing is I think the big thing with Ubisoft is like in the last, I would say, four or five years, they've been doing a lot of damage control more than anything. Yeah. And it's more them going like, what was it? We saw. So because we saw Assassin's Creed came, games came out every year and then they're like, everyone's like, please stop. Like your games are absolute trash at this point like you need to stop like the idea that assassin's creed 2 had such a strong like the Ezio collection is such a strong series of games from them and then we go into assassin's creed 3 and unity where it was just like no please like you guys are just call of dutying this and it's terrible and then so they had to recover on that and then we went into ghost recon where tom clancy passed away like, you know, rest his soul and everything. And then they come up with a Battle Royale Ghost Recon game that's based in the future. And everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, this is nothing compared to what the Ghost... You can't just take the Ghost Recon name and slap it on to something and hope that it works. Yeah, and, it's, you know, it's every single franchise of theirs. Like, it, Yeah, they're just all over the place. It, it's, it's, it's so very, weird. Like, like I said, they're, they're unimaginative, unimaginative and reactionary. They just like yeah. everything is just put something out there and then see what backlash we get and then change it to address that backlash. Yeah, and that, it, it's Instead it's, of like it's standing by their vision. Well, and it's it's worked out well for certain things like like Assassin's Creed. Lucky enough, took a proper turn, kind of where I think Origins was probably the last true Assassin's Creed game we got, just because you know. Uh, you know, I think that one was great because Origins was still a stealth game. It still was in the world of Assassin's Creed. It still made sense. Like, everything that happened made sense for the timeline, kind of. Whereas then we got into Odyssey, which was this really weird, like, gods, demons, and, like, Atlantis, and it's like, okay, like... was really good. Like... It was good, but... As uh, disjointed as it was from... Uh, from like the story of Assassin's Creed, like it was, it was really very, good. It like, was one of the good and inspired game, and oh, hundred like, percent, extremely well written. Like Cassandra as a character oh. was, I they could have put any name on that, and I would have like that's the thing. Like I think Odyssey, they could have just went, they could have named it something completely different, and I would have that game would have been amazing. It, it didn't have to be part of Assassin's Creed, and that's what I mean. Is like in look, even looking at Valhalla, right? Valhalla outside of the assassin's creed it doesn't need to have the assassin's creed no, name attached to it to be a good game and that's where i like the way of them doing that and i think that if 
they, they, they should have just, they should, if they're going to make great games like Valhalla and they're going to make great games like Odyssey, I think Ubisoft with the, the, the developers they have right now and stuff like that, and I think a lot of franchises need to learn from this lesson. Stop caring about your franchise's name and care about just bringing good, good content good. out. Like, you know what? Come up with a game that's got mechanics from Assassin's Creed. I don't care. Name it something different. I'm going to still buy it if it's not what I like in it. And and I think that's where companies like not not Ubisoft. Everybody's got faults on this, not just Ubisoft, where there's too many times lately we've been seeing it where they're they're so diehard. Same with Beyond Good and Evil, too. Like. They're so diehard on trying to like reconnect us with this world and this game and this thing and all this stuff. And so they have to like try to tie it all in and try to make it all work and whatever. When like Beyond Good and Evil 2, they could have called it Beyond Good and Evil dash someone's story, put it in the same world, brought us a new character, new, same world, everything. And everyone would have loved it. But it's just they're trying to connect it to the original game because it had such a hype on it. And. I think companies just need to work on that. Like, look at Elden Ring. Learn from Elden Ring. Speaking of Elden Ring, Elden Ring might be coming to Game Pass? Not so fast. Uh, in a recent ad uh, for Xbox Cloud Gaming, there were images of games included in that server, like Elden Ring. Um, Are not actually on the Game Pass Cloud. GTA Five yeah, and Soul Hacker Two. Yeah, a, a handful of games that are on the Microsoft Store but not a part of that. People obviously started freaking out, right? Like the biggest media property of all time in GTA Five and the best game that's coming out this year, L. Is huge news, um, but it turns out it was false for whatever reason. They're like AI for generating this stuff pulled database they corrected it so hold your horses Elden it's almost as it's almost bad as it's almost, almost as bad as call of duty copying the gundam symbol for their mobile game um but they they got it all corrected it's all fixed now elden ring confirmed not coming to game pass um another game not coming to game pass and not coming to the xbox store anytime soon that's a trend Harry Potter got delayed again. Uh, Which it's it's really crazy to see. Well, it's it's there's so many ways to take this, right? Like right now, with so many things that we're seeing, um, like we saw Forsaken move out of the slot of being a holiday game, and you know it's a Square Enix game, but at the exact same time, it's been hugely sponsored and marketed by Sony. And the idea that um, Harry Potter, which has got the same thing, that it's another big game that was supposed to come out in the holiday window. And the thing is, it fit the same. It, it, it's been, once again, marketed and, you know, done everything by, a lot by Sony. It seems really like a lot of these games, we don't know if they're moving out of the way of god of war or if they're I, taking that I, I don't think that's I, I think really what's happening and this is where you know what we talked about this last year i know you and me were on the podcast last time we talked about this i think developers are finally getting smart to the point of going should we release this game as basically harry potter and like whatever like whatever game it is 0.8 version 
and then patch it for day one and then patch it to make it work properly where we get our true vision probably like you know a month down the road or two months down the road and make it so that you know there's obviously gonna be glitches and everything else or do we take that extra two months to make sure that when this game comes out it's like this is the vision we wanted this is the game we wanted and i think that's more i know god of wars kind of made where it looks like it's a big giant scare for everyone but i think really what it comes down to is i think we're finally seeing where a game at this point can release any time of year and sell elden ring's proven that there's a lot of other uh like horizon proved that in the february window I mean, yeah pretty uh, much every it, FromSoft game ever has released in like q1 or q2 yeah and and it always proves that a game can come out at any point in time of the year whether there's lots of other games around it, whether there's not. And if it's a good game, it's going to sell and do well. Yeah. And I think that developers are finally taking that and going, hey, you know what? We could release this tomorrow. It will be OK. But, you know, let's take that couple months. And release it when we want, like they've already uh, with the Harry Potter uh, being delayed. Uh, there was some um, stuff that came out, I think, a couple days ago or even just recently, like even a couple hours ago. Um, where they were showing off because they were asked, okay, well, why are you delaying it? And people were going, well, we want to really work on the game and make it better. Here's a picture of our world map that we want to have. And like that world is huge. Like the idea that Hogwarts is this little tiny dot on this map, like you can't even like, it's almost like they just put a plate, like a little pin in the map in the ground and there's Hogwarts, right? And we're going to see beyond the forest and there's going to be all this area around it and explore and stuff like that. And, you know, that's very, very, you know, a big passion project for them. And I mean, especially when you're having a game like Harry Potter, where it's like, what, the third biggest franchise ever released in the world. Um, I think they really need to make sure that it does well. You can't just throw it out like uh, other big multi-million dollar franchises. Uh, Avengers uh, and come out and you know not be well or good or you know be what people want I, I and so a lot of these delays too um, show there is a disconnect between like hands on developers and upper management that's making yeah and there always has been that little bit of a gap but it seems like that gap is getting bigger um, because mm -hmm. Like the the leadership wants to capitalize on pre-orders, right? That is yeah. real recognized revenue when they announce a game that they can, you know, put in the bank for when the game comes out. And if you delay it or whatever, like it's hard. So there's there's obviously like financial motivation. They want to get it in before the end of the year, get it through their fiscal year so the year looks good. Um and so, like, the shareholder and the leadership decision to announce a game at a certain time is more and more frequently coming to head with the, like, actual product that comes out. Um, and a yeah. lot of these timelines accelerated way more. So, um, I'm, then... yeah, I'm, I'm of the mind that, like, over the next couple of years, we're going to continue to see leadership if these games in q1 q2 you know like perform really really well they're, mm -hmm. they're not going to be so tied down to like getting a game well and in all honesty i think 
when from looking at the way sales have been the last couple of years, it's almost smarter to release in Q1, Q2, because now you've got all those people that got brand new consoles during Christmas. And I know the big push is to go, here's this brand new game that comes out right around the time the new console, like everyone's got consoles that are brand new and they go buy games. Yeah. But what the, the trend we've been seeing lately is it's like, I got my new PS5 during Boxing Day. So that in January or February, when that new game comes out, I can play it. Right. And so it seems like people are more making that choice, especially with subscription services. Now, I wouldn't doubt it if this boxing year, especially or like the Christmas holiday season sales we see, we're going to see more of a, hey, buy your PlayStation now instead of getting a game. We're going to get a year of subscription services. Yeah. Right. We're going to get here's your PlayStation here's 5 with two controllers. Here's your and the PS Plus Deluxe Premium Edition for for the first for six months or, you know, Game Pass for for three months. Plus, you know, like there's no reason to bundle those tiny games in anymore because yeah. like we're not seeing the push to, to see those games. And like if someone wants really wants God of War, they're going to probably wait for a God of War console to come out or something like that. Right. Well, but like we're seeing it. People, they get their shiny new thing for the holiday. And then yeah. the beginning of the year, you want to like get a new thing for your new thing, you know? Yeah. And so oh, there's, exactly. there's, there's always that desire right at the beginning, like get something new, you know, something new and exciting. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, mm -hmm. like, that's why Monster Hunter World did so well. Like, that's why a lot of these early in the year releases perform really because like there are people who either have gift cards or are just wanting to get something new for their new thing, um, and it it performs. Like I, I think yeah. we'll continue to see that shift um, and see games release more like movies. Pretty even space throughout the year. Yeah, which is good because I like the idea of having it. Like before, I remember before it was like having that budget for games and it'd be always okay okay so december's the november to december is going to be six hundred dollars and then january to march is like 60 bucks and it was always such a like oh, okay now i gotta do all this stuff whereas now it's more of i can sit there and go i'm gonna buy one game every month and you know with sales and stuff like that too like i spend 60 bucks a month on video games and doing that, I get such a nice wide catalog of games and I'm, I'm getting a good amount of games that I want to play. So it's great. Yeah, for sure. All right. Final story of the episode. Google uh, the... launching cloud game directly from search results. And there's a couple of cool little uh, features that are included in this one is allowing people to demo games up until they hit a certain achievement. I wanted to get your thought on this and if doing this versus the two-hour timer or like the X number of missions or whatever, which I mean, it'll ultimately pretty much. Yeah. Um, if you feel like this is a better way to test out and know if you like a game before you buy it. I mean, once again, it comes to the same point, just like with the same thing with the trials uh, that PlayStation has come out with and, and stuff like that is it really comes down to a game to game basis. 
So when you look at, like, for example, even with PlayStation, right? Um, I never knew this until recently because when we got trials originally, when PlayStation did trials back with the PS3 era, it was always one hour. You got one hour of the game, didn't matter where you started, didn't matter everything else. You got one hour and that was it. You didn't get trophies, you got nothing. Whereas now it seems like PlayStation's making the move where depending on the game you're playing the trial with depends on how many hours you get. Yeah. I, I so like I got MLB. Yeah, well, the crazy thing is, is like MLB The Show 22, I get four hours. Before and I'm like I'm look like I'm a trophy hunter and I look up the platinum and you can get the platinum in six and I'm like I could literally gain more than seventy five percent of the trophies of this game in the four hours it gives me. Yeah. And same thing with a lot of the other trail trials we've had is two hours. But the thing is, it's all a game to game basis. Like the idea that Ollie Ollie has two hours worth of playing, like that's a good majority of the game you can get done if you're good two hours and stuff like that and that's where i feel that it's it helps out a game in that sense where if you're super close to finishing a game and then all of a sudden your trial runs out you're gonna probably be like oh okay well it's only 20 bucks yeah exactly. i'll buy it and that's where having it to where you get to a certain point in the game and it does it at that point you might as well have like a game demo side of things where it's like um, like you saw Monster Hunter do it we saw um, the new Gundam game SD is, has done it as well uh, it's the most recent game where it says okay here you get the first three missions of the game yeah. you can do them as many times as you want all your stats everything you have will move over to the full game play it if you want to play this demo for 70 hours go right ahead everything's going to move over but we're going to lock you at that point yeah. um it's interesting to lock it after a certain achievement in the game. Like I said, it comes down to the point of when is that? I'm, like, I'm very interested to see which game developer fucks us up so that someone can like, um, yeah, can like somehow skirt around getting that achievement and just play. The oh, game. I wouldn't doubt it. I, and that's the bit. I could totally see to, that. Like, X cinematics enemies killed or something like that. Like, yeah. Instead of tying it to like a specific mission or something. I, yeah, I know there's going to be some creative speedrunner well, that's like getting through the entire game without killing anything. Or well, whatever. and that's the big thing. Like a lot of the times when you we've seen this before, like back in the day when we used to have remember we used to have those like from the free software games where it'd be the full version of the game, but it was just locked behind a, a small thing or because it would bring you up to a certain level. And then was it was treated to go, OK, if you get to level B stops you from playing makes you have to buy the full game but people were able to find ways to get past that level to start and then you could play the rest of the game and so in that sense i could see it where like maybe say it's after the first mission of a game well if you can find a way to skip that first mission and go directly into the second mission you can play the rest of the game right because yeah. the, the trigger is not going to go off and so I wouldn't doubt it if there's ways to get around it. There's going to be someone that screws it up and gives away the, the full version of the game for free. Yeah, I'm, I'm really this stuff excited always happens. if this ends up going through to see the like unique ways that people... Um, but I mean, it's the, the neat it. thing is... Yeah, and the neat thing from playing from a browser, I like the idea that we're getting into that because it's really cool um, that we're getting to... like. I have to admit after playing remote play on PlayStation again today with my PlayStation being beside me, 
PlayStation, get your shit together. Yeah. Like, honest to God. Plays bad. Like, remote plays, like, it's my screen was blotchy. It was, like, all washed out. I was only able to get 720p because you say that I can only, that's the max I can get with a PS4 Pro. And I, the only thing you give me with my PS5 is HDR. Like, you need to fix your stuff. The idea that, especially with Xbox and Game Cloud, are able to sit there and do what is it 2k gaming or at least 1080 60 frames per second off a browser and you're having problems doing this directly connected to my own console you need to figure your shit out because google like this is where once again with google doing this though it's interesting to see that if we see a lot of people move into this uh aspect of google giving this platform to to work if we don't see switch or playstation or even microsoft uh, partner with Google in some way, shape, or form to uh, make it so that they can have access through their or technology to do this. Microsoft just does it their own way, like they have with the yeah. cloud gra- gaming. Well, that's what I mean, but I, I want to. It might be somebody else comes up to them and says, "Hey, look." Like I, I would see maybe PlayStation or Sony probably maybe maybe coming up to them or finding their own way with this working the way it is. Yeah, but Microsoft sure. is by far has the best way to cloud game at this point in time. They have really, um, I have to admit that with, that with with Xbox, especially with Game Pass and everything, Microsoft as a company, and they've always done well at this. I mean, sometimes they've made a couple mistakes. But as a company, they've always found a way to, whenever something new comes out, like PlayStation Now, where PlayStation Now came out, and they're like, Here, here's a streaming service you can play games. And Microsoft took the time and the effort and made it better and found a way to make it work and make it viable for people to buy and play and same thing when google estate did their thing they took a little bit of time they brought out xbox game cloud gaming and they've done it better and you know microsoft's done really really well at watching what the market's doing and watching what everyone's doing and then finding a way to make it better the yeah, only they, thing they, they have, have the resources, they have the technology, yeah. they have the they just need to stop putting they just need to stop putting double A's in their damn controllers. I'm sorry. I, they, I haven't had to change a single battery. I know. That's what I mean. But that's my only my only thing. They have upgraded on everything. Microsoft, you get 100% pass. My 1%. Maybe they just is, have like a, a very lucrative deal with Energizer or something. They okay. well, I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, if you think about it, if you remember Alan Wake, Energizer was all over that game. Might be. Just saying. Oh, maybe that's it. You know what? You figured it out, Taylor. Got into the okay, Google. You know what? Xbox. I take it back. You've done the lucrative version yeah. of selling, of, of, of making Energizer probably give you the money to the, just put batteries in your packs. I understand. Okay. Strong business. <laughs> all right. We're going to strong businessman. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, if you want to follow us on socials, um, I am at it's purger. He is at the grounded gamer, double D no E. Uh, we are at dual underscore screens on Twitter. Uh, you can join Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash D podcasts. Uh, follow us over on Twitch, twitch.tv streams or youtube.com slash dual screens TV. And finally, if you love us, if you appreciate us, if you want to support channel, 
slash dual screens and support us for just one dollar you get into our every single day till next time friends keep doing that cloud gaming <laughs>